We're excited. So is everybody ready to jump into um, this morning's message? Say, I'm ready. All right. Okay, let's do this. Our theme verse to my right, your left, has been this wonderful verse in um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And before we read this verse one more time, I want to give us a quick reminder of the context. Because when you look at a verse, you just can't pull a verse out of the Bible you need to make sure you take it into context because a lot of people take one verse out of context, but we want to make sure we take it into context of what it's saying. And that is the context of this verse is that there's a prophet and the prophet's name is Isaiah and he's speaking on behalf of God and he comes with a message of hope to the people of Israel, okay? And the reason why the people of Israel needed a message of a word of hope is because they were facing a threat, from a growing superpower named the Assyrians, okay? So these people were fearful. They were concerned for their lives, for their well-being, and even um, fearful uh, for their nation of Israel. Needless to say, they were living in very, very turbulent times, times of uncertainty. And actually, the text says in Isaiah chapter 8 that they were living in times of gloom and darkness, And here's the deal. God's going to come through Isaiah the prophet, and he's going to give them hope. And the the funny thing is, hope is going to come through a baby, through a baby. And that's our verse this morning. So let's read the verse together. Isaiah writes these words. He says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And I love this part of the verse. It says, and he will be called. Can we all say these four names together? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. You guys sound so good. All right. Hey, I'm feeling real generous this morning, okay? So we're going to have a little um, two questions with a prize. It's kind of like we're going back to youth group. Is that okay today? We're going to have a little fun. So out of my own resources, two of my favorite treats is a York peppermint patty. Is anybody a fan of a York peppermint patty? So I got two questions for you. Please do not yell out the answer. If you know the answer, what are you going to do? You're going to put your hand in the air, and just like school days, I'll call on you. And if you answer correctly, you get the prize. Is everybody ready? Say, I'm ready. Okay, when Isaiah writes this letter, who is the child, who is the son that Isaiah is referring to? If you know the answer, put your hand in the air if you know who Isaiah is referring to. Are you kidding me? Have you not been in church the last two weeks? We're not not moving forward until we get an answer. Who is Isaiah referring to? Okay, I'm going to go with our senior elder statesman back here. Jim, who is Isaiah referring to? Woo! Heather, will you deliver this precious gift? right out of my refrigerator, to Jim. Okay, that's the simple one. Here's the more difficult question. 
especially if you haven't been listening, you've been writing out your grocery, grocery list during church. I know how that works, okay? How many years before the birth of Jesus were these names given to Jesus? How many years before his birth were these names given to Jesus? We need the Jeopardy music right now. Da, da, da. How many years? Was it at his birth? And everybody said... So how many years before his birth were these names given to Jesus? Does anybody know? Let me see here. Let's see some hands back here. Our theologian's here. I'm not going to allow him to answer here today. Peter knows all the answers. Nick, has he been naughty or nice? He's raising his hand. Nick, how many years before the birth of Jesus were these names given to Jesus? Does everybody agree, 700? It's the answer. So, Nick. Okay. Do not eat that during the service. I'd be very highly offended, even though it would give you this peppermint taste in your mouth, which is just beautiful. It's wonderful, okay? Wonderful. So, what we've done in the journey so far is we've looked at two names. First name we looked at two weeks ago is the name what? Everybody say it together. Wonderful counselor. How many people agree that Jesus is wonderful? Amen. Then last week, if you were in the house, even if you weren't here, we still did it without you, and we talked about the second name, which is, everybody together, Mighty God. So today, what I want to do is I want to look at the third, and not the final, but the third name, which is Everlasting Father. Then on Christmas Eve, what we'll do is we'll take time to look at the fourth and final name, Prince of Peace. By the way, what time does Christmas Eve service start? And everybody said... What time? All right, you guys are on the ball. So let's talk about this name, Everlasting Father. It's kind of an interesting name given to the Son, Everlasting Father. So let's look at the two words. Let's break it down by looking at the first word just for about maybe a minute, two minutes, and that is this word, everlasting. Everlasting, okay? Everlasting, what's that word mean? Well, it has the idea. Here's the idea behind everlasting. It's the idea that it's without end, without end, meaning that the fatherhood of Jesus would be not just temporary, not just for a season, but his fatherhood would be without end. That's why we love that verse in Hebrews that he will what? Never leave us. He will never forsake us. Why? Because he's the everlasting father, meaning With Jesus, he's a father where there'll be no more goodbyes, but he will always, Jesus will always be with us. He will always be with his children. Why? Because he's the everlasting father. So without end, simple. So let's move on to a more deeper issue here, and that is I want to look at the key word, the primary noun of this name, and that is the name father, and let me not get too far ahead, father. And I want to begin by saying the the writer doesn't have confusion. There's no confusion on Jesus, the Son, being called Everlasting Father. So there's no confusion between God the Father and his role and Jesus Christ the Son and his role. But I want to let you know that Jesus is called the Everlasting Father. And here's why he's called the Everlasting Father, because of his father-like qualities. So Jesus is a father in the sense that he has numerous, numerous, many childlike qualities. And I want to let you know he demonstrates these childlike qualities 
in his relationship towards his children. So if you're his child, you put your faith in Christ, he demonstrates these father-like qualities, he exercises them towards you, okay? So what are some of these father-like qualities that Jesus possesses? What are some of these father-like qualities that Jesus extends to you and me? And I want to let you know they're pretty much the same as the qualities of a good earthly father. They're pretty much the same as the qualities of a good earthly father. Let's look at some of these qualities of a good earthly father, which would certainly include the qualities of Jesus in his relationship towards us. First of all, one of those qualities is love. Here's the biggest difference between human love and God's love is how many people know God's love is what they call agape love? How many people know that God's love is unconditional? How many people know you may have had the worst Saturday night of your life where you just felt like you blew it, you could barely get into church? I want to let you know God's love still is extended towards each and every one of us. Amen? Love. Here's another quality, and that is a quality of a good father is a quality of protection. Fathers, what do we do? We protect our children. You mess with our kids, we mess with you, okay? Here's another one. Discipline. I know kids don't like to hear this, but a quality of a good father is fathers, we have to discipline our kids. Actually, there's a verse in the Bible, believe it or not, says, whom the Lord loves, he what? He disciplines. Because of his love, he says, hey, don't do that. Hey, do this. Life will go well. He disciplines us. He's a good father. Number one, he serves us. Remember the verse that says, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to what? To serve, to give my life. Here's another one. He's supportive. He's patient. How many people are thankful for the patience of a good father? Oh, yeah, a couple of us know what that's all about. A good father is dependable. We can depend on our our father. He's there. I don't know about you, but I'm 57 years old, and I still have questions that I don't have answers to. Do you know what I still do, and I did it this week? is what I do is I pick up my phone and I call my earthly father because he is the epitome of dependability. It's almost like every question I have, he has an answer. Why? He's dependable. Here's another one. Good fathers are compassionate. That's love in action, compassionate. Good fathers are caring. We read in scriptures, it says that he cares for us. Here's one last one. He's involved. Good fathers are what? They're involved with the life of their children. And the same thing is true of Jesus, the father, is he is involved in our lives. How many people are thankful that he's involved with our lives? Okay? So Jesus, I want to let you know, make sure you hear this. Jesus demonstrates all these father-like qualities with perfection, with consistency, Because if you look at that list against me, I want to let you know I've had some bad days as a dad. And I kind of think I'm not the only one. Where something triggered you and you just kind of blew up on your kids and they're like, what is wrong with dad? Is there anybody that can sympathize with me this morning? But the beauty of Jesus Christ is he has these father-like qualities and they're with perfection. They're with consistency consistency. You don't have to worry about Jesus having a bad day, a bad moment. He got some bad news, and he's like, 
oh, fooey on my kids. No, he's consistent, he's perfect. But there's one characteristic that I wanna focus on this morning because I really believe that this characteristic is what many of us need to hear this morning. And the characteristic that I wanna camp out on just for a few minutes is this characteristic that Jesus is our everlasting father and he is a provider. Everybody say that word together, provider. See, many of us grew up in a home where our father was a provider. Some of us grew up in a home, maybe father wasn't there to be a provider. But I wanna let you know that Jesus Christ, one of his father-like qualities is he is the ultimate provider. He's the ultimate provider. And guys, here's the good news. Is everybody listening to say amen? How many people know he provides about 76% of our needs? Isn't that good news this morning? I, th- I just think that's so wonderful that Jesus provides about 76% of my needs. You guys don't seem to be excited about that. You're not excited about it because it's not true, is it? How many people know he provides? Everybody together say, all of my needs. I'm glad it's not 76 and the other 24. He's like, oh my goodness. This one's bigger than me. I can't figure it out, Mike. You're on your own. No, he provides all of our needs. And what I want to do today is I want to look at one scripture passage made up of three verses that's going to really, really speak into this truth. And I want to take a look at it. And it is in Matthew chapter 6. That's what we're going to look at today, Matthew 6. We're going to look at three verses, 31, 32, and 33. And you need to know the context here is Matthew's chapter 6 is what? It's a part of what? The Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is preaching the greatest sermon ever to, his, to the crowds of people. And the focus of this portion of the sermon, he's focusing on worry, worry. The people of that day were people much like us. They were full of worry. And the things that these, the reason why these people were filled with worry is because they were worried about some of the needs in their life. So let me ask you a personal question this morning. Have you ever worried about your needs? I want you to think about that this morning. Have you ever worried about your needs? And everybody should say, yes, I've worried, because why? Worry is human nature. We have needs, and we're like, okay, how's that going to work out? How's that going to be met? Not much different than people 2,000 years ago. And I love Jesus. He's going to speak directly into that issue And I believe that his words that were good for 2,000 years ago are good for us today. So let's look at the verses together. Jesus says, hey, all of us, you folks in front of me, you folks 2,000 years from now, don't worry about these little things. Don't worry about these little things saying, and this is what they were worried about, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? So what Jesus is doing in the context of this verse is he's addressing people who were worried about basic human needs. And he's saying to those people, and he's saying to us, don't worry about those little things. 
And those people could certainly say, well, Jesus, these aren't little things. These are the necessities of life, eating and drinking and what we wear. But how many people know that in the context of our great God, everything's little? Amen? He can handle everything. And I think that's what he's trying to say is, whatever your need is, I'm more than enough, okay? Then check out verse 32. He says these things, and what's he talking about? Let's take it into context. He's talking about the things that you worry about. He's talking about the needs. He said these needs, these worries dominate the thoughts of what people? Everybody say the word together, of unbelievers. He's saying unbelievers are dominated with worry. Unbelieving people, that's Jesus speaking, unbelieving people are dominated with worry of their needs. And really, I think what he's saying is the reason why is because they have no sense that God cares for them. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in a God who is a good, good father. They don't believe in a God who can do all things. So as a result, all those worries, all those needs, they dominate their thoughts. Then look at the next part of this verse. This is just priceless. It's good as gold. Jesus says this. He says, hey, you guys, but your heavenly Father already knows. Everybody, let's complete this together. All your needs. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Wow. I want to make it clear to you today that God knows what you need. I want, to let you, I want to make it clear today that God knows what you need today. He already knows in advance what you're going to know, what you're going to need a week from today. He already can look into the year 2022, and he already knows what you're going to need in 2022. Hey, even if you live to the year 2040, how many people know that God already knows what you're going to need? Why? Because Jesus having the, is God. He has all those attributes of God. And I want to let you know, God is what? All-knowing. He knows everything you need. Nothing's too big. Nothing's too small. Nothing escapes his um, notice, his glance. He knows what you need. And not only is he an all-knowing father, he is what? Two weeks or last week, he's a mighty God. He is all-powerful. He is well able to provide all of your needs. So whatever your need is today, I want to let you know your heavenly Father knows what you need. You might be here right now and you need guidance. Maybe you're facing a difficult decision. Maybe where should I go? Where should I live? Where should I go to college? What should I do? I want to let you know he meets all of our needs. He provides guidance. Maybe you're here today and you're facing this week, you got to face a, a, what I call a tough conversation. You know you have to have this conversation with a person, and you know it's not going to be easy. You're not big into confrontation. You're a lot like me. How many people know he provides us with the words to say? He is the ultimate provider. He's a good, good father. Maybe you're here today, and you're, you're going through a season of heartbreak, Maybe 2021, you're like, oh, I am so thankful this year is almost over. It's been a year of heartbreak. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you went through a situation that was just heartbreaking. I want to let you know he can 
He can provide you with the comfort. The book of Corinthians says he is what? He's the God of all comfort. And he comes and he comforts us in our time of need. He can meet all of our needs. Maybe you're here this morning and you're one of these very unique individuals and you say, you know what, Mike? I wanna make a difference with my life. I want my time on earth to make a difference. I want it to count. I just don't wanna give it all away. I wanna make a difference. I wanna let you know if that's you, he'll even provide you with opportunities for you to make a difference. And what you need to do is you just need to wait upon him and let him speak and open your eyes to see that there's opportunities because he's a provider and he wants you to make a difference in your life. I love that one. Maybe you're a person here today and you just need good old-fashioned help. Help. I want to let you know he'll provide the people. He'll provide the people in your life that will come and they will stand alongside with you. Then the Bible says that we are what? To bear one another's burdens, that we're to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with people who mourn. If that's you, God will provide the people in your life. So swallow your pride and don't try to make it through these difficult seasons alone, but lean into Jesus. He is our everlasting father. Maybe you're just here today and you just don't feel like you can go on. You're just like, I'm at the end of my rope and you're just totally discouraged, and maybe you're just beat up, and it just doesn't seem like nothing's going your way, I want to let you know he'll provide the strength that you need to get through this season. Amen? So all the things that you need physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, I want to let you know our Father, the everlasting Father, Jesus, one of the qualities that he has for our life and our relationship with him is he promises that he will provide. And he knows exactly what you need today. And he's there to provide it for us. So how do we activate that into our lives? How do we get that to happen? Because yeah, we know, yeah, Jesus, you promise you'll do this, but how does it really work? Well, that's the next verse. Here's what we need to do to activate these promises of provision in our time of need. Jesus says these words, this is the answer. Here's the answer. It says, seek. Everybody say that together. Seek. By the way, that is an ongoing word. That doesn't mean you just come once with a little prayer, God help me. Amen. Then you get all discouraged because nothing happened the next day. No, seek means you get in and you, you dig in deep and you get after God and you continue you continue, you continue to seek. Even when it seems like nothing's happening, nothing's changing, you do what? And everybody said, seek. Sometimes seeking is a one-day thing. Sometimes seeking can be a weak thing. Sometimes seeking can take several months. But I want to let you know, the seeking process is so powerful because seeking is not only about getting an answer, Seeking is also about drawing closer to your father. Are you hearing me this morning? It's as we seek, we get closer. But he said, hey, here's the answer. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. So when you're worried about your needs, don't get seeking after, well, maybe I'll figure it out this way or maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. No, he's saying, in your times of worry, 
in your times of need, come and first and above all else, seek the kingdom of God and live righteously. And here's what he promised. And Jesus is always good to fulfill his promise. He says this, and he will give you everything you need. How many people know that's an amazing promise that we can stand on? How many people know that's an amazing promise that we can stand on? Amen? What a promise. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to say these words together, even if you just mumble them, but at least say it in your heart. I want everybody to say these words, and I'll say it one time through, and then we'll all say it together, and that is, my Father will provide everything I need. So everybody together, my Father will provide everything I need. One more time. My Father will provide everything I need. Don't raise your hand. Let me ask you a really point-blank question. Do you believe this? Do you believe that statement? Do you believe the promise that Jesus gives us in his word? that your everlasting Father will provide everything you need. You believe it. By the way, we need to distinguish between the word need and want. Did everybody hear me this morning? We need to distinguish between the things we really need and maybe some of the things that are way out there that we want. He promises he'll meet what our needs So let me ask you a question in closing this morning. Are you currently facing a need? I want us just to pause right now and ask ourselves that question. Are you currently facing a need? So why don't we do this this morning? I want us to bow our heads. You came in here today, you had a need, and that maybe that need turned into worry and it began to dominate. That's what happens, it dominates our lives. Those aren't the things that God wants to dominate our lives, he wants to dominate our lives. He wants to fill our lives. So are you here today and you're currently facing a need? I already determined this last night laying in bed that I was gonna be a little more bold than usual. And that is, if you're currently facing a need, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet. You're currently facing a need in your life. I want to encourage you, don't be ashamed. Don't be, it's just life. You have a need. Just going to give it another 15 seconds. Relational, financial, emotional, maybe there's fear, anxiety. If you're facing a need, I want to encourage you right now to stand to
And actually, this is what I want to do if I can make it off this platform this morning is I want to stand to my feet because I'm a proud person. For anybody else that's proud in this room, when you have a need, you're like, I got this. You guys go ahead, do your thing. I got this. I got this. Don't worry about me. And I've been convicted that that's really just pride, foolishness. And if you have a need, that's why we're here together as a church family. And we need to pray together. Anybody else want to stand to your feet this morning? Don't worry, you don't have to say a thing. We're not going to say, hey, what was your, what's your need? Tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us. What we're going to do is we're going to pray. And we're going to begin this seeking process of seeking first. God his kingdom. And yes, there's times that we're super thankful that one of the ways that God provides is through other people, people in our world. It could be a doctor, it could be a counselor, it could be whatever. But I think the starting place needs to be as believers, we start with our Father. I just want to thank every person right now standing that you had the courage to stand. So here's what I want to do is I want those people who are standing right now, I want them to have at least one person on their right, on their left. Can we do this? Can we lay a hand on their shoulder as a sign of encouragement? So look around. You can open your eyes. Let's look around. Heather, I want you to stay with me and pray for me. This is what church looks like. This We do life together. We do life together. So for those who are standing, I just want to say one more time, he knows what you need. And he's mighty. He's all-powerful. And he can meet all of your needs. So, Lord, we come before you today. We stand on the promise of your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are a provider, Lord Jesus. And you provide everything that we need. And, Lord, in this process of our need, we just come and we begin just to pray and we begin to seek and we begin to knock. We begin to continue to come before you. We don't grow weary, we get persistent. We continue to come. We continue to come believing that through our coming, Lord, that you'll reveal what we need. So, Lord, we just ask, God, that you would be at work in the lives of people right now in this room. Lord, there's people online right now that maybe they raised their hand, maybe they're in need, and I just pray, God, that you would meet them. And, Lord, we just thank you that you are this wonderful, everlasting Father. And you provide every single need that we have. And Lord, there's nothing too great for you. There's nothing too small for you. But Lord, you're a God who is with us. You're with us. You're everlasting. You never leave. You never forsake us. You're always there for us. In Jesus' name. And everyone together said,
Amen. Amen. Amen.